So I got a pretty exciting email yesterday. We were nominated for the MicroConf SAS Podcast Awards. That's amazing. In three categories. Wow. That's so funny, Michelle, because when we started this podcast, I was pretty sure no one was going to listen to it except for me. So I can't believe like people <laughs> listen to it. I feel like a little uncomfortable that people listen to it, actually. <laughs> Yeah, we kind of expected it would just be like our husbands and some close business friends of ours. Um, I'm totally floored and surprised and and so honored that um, people are listening and you guys nominated us and really, really genuinely touched by that. So it's kind of a fun thing um, that's going on. But there are also other fun things going on uh, with Colleen because... You're now in, you know, the Heroku Marketplace. There's people using it. And I think I saw you mention this week that you even got feedback from, like, somebody you don't know using it. And they yeah. had something positive to Someone say. Someone that's not my friend. <laughs> Actually, you gave me feedback. <laughs> that's always awesome. I, it was very A total exciting. stranger using your thing. That's a milestone. <laughs> that's, that's a milestone. So I feel like this is just a really exciting time in terms of launching a product. So the product has been in beta, I think for about seven to 10 days. And as of this morning, 31 teams have signed up. Dude. Yeah. That's, but you're a third of the way there. Well, 31 teams have signed up, but they're not all right. That's true for the, I have to get a hundred, like I'm, I'm a third of the way there. Um, but what, I, what is interesting about this is the way the, Heroku cycle works. So if you are in the Heroku marketplace, you're going to search for, I don't know, file upload. You see my, you see my add-on, you click a button to install it. Then if you want your personalized instructions, you have to go to the dashboard for your application and click on it again in your application. And that's the single sign-on. So they provision the application, which they can use it without ever doing single sign-on, but most people use single sign-on because then the directions are personalized with their API key. So of those 31 people, 13 have actually made it to single sign-on. And of those 13, six have actively uploaded files. So for like a week, I'm feeling really good about these numbers. Yeah. I think there's just a huge benefit to being in, like using this marketplace as a traction channel. Um, I think that has just been a huge benefit because I know so many people who have launched products and they literally cannot get anyone to sign up. And um, that would be, that would be tough. So basically what I'm doing is I don't get a contact email until they hit single sign on. Now there's one team that never single signed on and they're just using the documentation from the Heroku docs. Um, so good for them. So I don't have contact information for them, but the other um, 13, I do have contact information for. So I have hand emailed all 13 of those contacts. Of the 13 I emailed, three have emailed me back. So that's pretty good not bad right I don't know like I I myself tend to ignore emails so like my feedback emails I think the highest I've ever gotten the open rate to no the open rate is like is something like 60 percent but the reply rate is usually in the eight to ten percent range so that's okay. pretty good yeah and I was just kind of asking like I just have a email it's like hey do you need help setting it up let me know 
So that's like a really exciting first week. I mean, I feel like things are are going well. I have been hustling to... Hold on, wait, wait. Tell us what they said, though. Like, don't skip that. (laughs) I want to hear what these people had to say about it. Um, So the first person had a feature request, which is like a totally reasonable request. The second person had the same feature request. And the third person... Yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's it's embarrassing. I shipped a pro. Okay. Now I have to tell you. So I shipped a file storage solution without giving you the ability to delete files. I mean, everything (laughs) is a feature. Like we shipped a product without the ability to charge people. Right. I mean, it seemed like, like everything is a feature. I'm not charging them. So, you know, it's not like they're paying for it. If I was asking them to pay for it, then yeah, I would have let them I would have shipped it with the ability to delete, but um, since I'm not charging them, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but when we like- get feature requests, like explicit feature requests for something yeah. specific, uh, our process is always, you know, whatever it is, we, we, we always capture it. Um, so how this works for us is we just create an issue in, in GitHub related to intercom. It's not the cleanest way to do it, but it works for us. And then if somebody else or like multiple people ask us for it, then we look into it. So it's pretty interesting that you've already had two people ask for the same thing. Now, granted, as you say, it's a fairly uh, table stakes kind of thing. Um, but it's it's always interesting when you have multiple people asking for something because that is pretty clearly indicates interest. Yeah. So I've, I'm obviously going to add that. I mean, I didn't add it for a very specific reason. And the reason... I didn't add it is because I'm concerned like if a user drops, if a user adds a file, like let's say they add their avatar and then they um, drop it again. Now, I don't know why would they would do that, but let's say they do. So let's say they drop the same file twice. That actually gets saved in my service as two different files because I have no way to know that that's the same file because I don't want to overwrite file names. Right, because your file might name might be avatar, and mine might be avatar. So I'm not overwriting files. Um, and so if they that happened, the developer who's implementing it is going to be saving the most recent URL in their database so they can access that file in the cloud. If they then go into their admin dashboard and they see two of the same files and they delete one, and they delete the one they have linked in their database, then they're no longer going to have access to that file. Does that make any sense? I feel like I need to like whiteboard that. But basically, there's a way where if two of the same same images get uploaded, but the URLs are different and they have one database URL, one URL in their database pointing to the file and they delete the wrong file, that file will then be gone. So you're trying to make it sort of human error Yes. Fault tolerance. Right. Yeah. They would have do, to really do you pay expose attention. like a timestamp or something to, to help them differentiate between them. Like That's I a good say idea. as someone who has, you know, That's you know, a great screenshot idea. Sa- saved at 10, 15, 32 a.m. versus 10, 15, 35 a.m. That's actually a great idea. Um, so there's a couple ways I can implement deletion or every time the user drops a file, I can just overwrite the previous file. I didn't do that because I want to give myself the ability to expand to adding multiple files. But I like the timestamp idea that could just be like, here are the same files. Um, they have the same file name and here's the most recently updated one. So if you want to delete one, delete the old ones. Yeah. I'm just worried. That's a mistake. Or like an operating system would add one, two, three, 
you know. Yeah, I don't. The problem is, yeah, I mean, there's ways I can do it. Um, I have to think about it a little more because I don't want users, I don't want my admin users to inadvertently delete a file they have referenced in their database. But, you know, I'm learning more about how people are actually using it. Like some of the things I thought people would ask for, they haven't asked for yet. Um, some of the things I didn't even think of people are asking for. I mean, all three people that responded to me, but it's fun to get feedback. So on the, the duplicate files, yeah. have you asked the people how they would want this to work if they, up, if they uploaded a duplicate file? No, I think I'm going to, though. I think that's a great idea. That's I, I have to explain. I think I'm going to explain to them that that is why I have not done it yet. Um, I need a good way to like, I really do think I should make like a image or something so people understand what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but I, that's a great idea. Did we talk about, I think it's called Whimsical. It's, it's like a, a flow charting tool. We did not talk about Whimsical. Okay, maybe it was someone else I was talking to. But it's a it's a really cool little flow charting tool that I learned about a couple months ago. And it's just super fast to make a flow chart. Um, and, and, and maybe that would be good for this. I also like using whatever that sketching app is on the iPad is is pretty fast too yeah that's a great um, idea yeah and I think and I think when you talk to people and say like you know here's some like scenarios I've thought of um can you think of other scenarios and then like here's like and, and we want to make sure that this is you know understanding that people accidentally delete stuff like it like it happens and and just kind of have a conversation about them about things going wrong um because designing for when things go wrong is a huge part of design. Right, right. That's why I just, and so for the the initial rollout, I was like, look, I'm not charging it for storage. It's going to be cheap even when I do. So storage is cheap. I'm just going to not worry about it. But but I, it has been requested a few times and I can see why you'd want to do that because in your admin dashboard, you can see everything that all your users have uploaded. So if uh, both of them are testing it out, both of the people who requested this feature. So, you know, the person was like, Hey, I, I want to delete all these files. I'm just testing it. Like I don't want them sitting there. Um, so even maybe like for your visual organization, as you look at your dashboard, it'd be easier to be able to get rid of those files, you know, you're not using. And I guess another like thing there is like does it does it erase the record that it was ever there in the first place like can they see that there was a file uploaded and then that that file was deleted later like is there going to be a record of that for them and I would just it may not be something you need to add right this moment but I would just surface that with the customers just in case. Um, I know like audit logs were something that we had requests for for a long time. Yeah. And they also ended up helping us where if we had a customer say, why did I get charged for this? I never uploaded this file. Now we can be like, actually, you did. And then you deleted it a week later. Are you like trying to fool us that you, you didn't upload it? Yeah. Um, But also just for their own purposes that, oh, like that file was uploaded and then we accidentally deleted it but like not something you need to do at this second but while you're talking to them about the file deletion process like kind of just work through with them other scenarios where this information is useful yeah that's a great idea what do you think of uh, email versus trying to get these people on a call i might have it on a call if you have the time uh, to do it because I find 
that talking it through might be helpful. But then again, they might be the kind of people who like to sit and consider something on their own. Um, but I usually find it very helpful to have people talk me through a process. Okay. Well, I'll just email them and ask them like what their, pre- I'll kind of explain yeah. it and see, see what their preference is. Cause I, you know, I can obviously make time for a call, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's all great feedback. And that's, that's kind of where I am so far with this, this Wait, first week. What'd the third yes. person say? Uh, the third person heard me on a different podcast and wanted to try it out and told me that um, he would give me feedback, which I was excited. Hey, if anyone wants to just try it out and has a Heroku account, it's free right now. So just try it out. <laughs> Let me know what you think. So do you have a limit on how much people can use? Like it's free right now, but like, is it basically I, your free tier or is it like just, you know, totally like wild west free? No, it's, it's just the free tier. I do have a limit. Um, and if you hit the limit, it, when you go to render the UI, you just get a little message that says you've hit your limit or something. Um, no one is even yeah, close okay, to their limit sense. though. Like I'm checking every day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought people would upload bigger files. Uh, the majority of people so far, and ha- there's only six, right? Well, I mean, 10, because there's me and other people who are using it before it was in beta. Um, so I thought people might use bigger files, but people are still predominantly doing images um, and not particularly large images. So no one's close to even like busting through their their um, limit. But something else I want to talk about is I worked hard to make it available off Heroku. So by the time this podcast airs, it will be available off Heroku. And so it was funny because last week, by the end of our recording of the podcast, I was convinced I was going to do a free tier. And then I was editing our podcast. And by the end of that, I was convinced I should not do a free tier. I should do a free trial. So I, (laughs) it was so funny. So I did all the work to make a free tier. And then on Sunday, after I was finished editing, I was like, no, I need to do a free trial, not a free tier. So I went back and changed it to just be a free trial. Um, just some of the things you said about, like, I need to know if people are going to pay for it, right? Like, I, that's why I changed my mind. At first, I was like, everyone does a free tr- a free tier. That's the best way to get people hooked. They'll like it, and then they'll want more storage, and they're going to upgrade. But... I don't really want to support a whole bunch of people who aren't paying me. And if people won't put their credit card down, then they probably never, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so since I, since I did it on Sunday, I changed it to now be a 30 day free trial. Hit me with your thoughts. Sounds like you're worried about adverse selection, basically attracting people who aren't going to pay you in the first place. Yeah. And, and here, here in this stage, it's fine, right? Like I have my hundred Heroku users. So sure, hopefully I'll get enough feedback from that group to kind of see where I stand. But I don't want to then set that out to the rest of the world and have to support every person who never, ever has any intention of paying for it. Because like, this has to be a business or not be a business. Like this isn't going to be, this isn't open source software, right? Like storage is not free. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You're basically A-B testing your pricing model. Yeah. <laughs> I bet zero people are going to sign up for the the, the free trial. Because <laughs> you know how Stripe has it set up? Like, so the, or at least the way my code base is set up is even with a free trial, 
And this is how most SaaSes work, I think. You have to enter a credit card because that's the easiest way to get everything set up on Stripe. So my free trial, okay, now I'm going to further complicate this. My free trial is actually a free tier. So if you, Michelle, sign up for my free trial, at the end of 30 days, I'm not going to delete your files. At least that's my plan right now. So you can keep your files. You just can't upload any more. So it is kind of like a fake free tier. You're looking at me funny. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, well, I guess the deleting the files wouldn't happen after 30 days because at that point, do do you automatically charge them at 30 days? Yeah. Or do you instead turn off their account? Because that's also... No, they have to cancel. Most people automatically convert it. Yeah. But some people... require you to opt in to upgrade it. So the way mine's set up right now is you are automatically converted at 30 days to a paid plan. And I made it really cheap. I started at the cheapest plan is $10 a month. Um, But if you cancel, let's say you use it for 29 days and you cancel, I'm not going to delete all your files, but I might change my mind. I don't actually have that in my, in my copy anywhere. Um, just for now, let's see if anyone even signs up because people do not like putting their credit card down. I get it. I don't like putting my credit card down. Like I totally get that. I guess there's but- some different scenarios there, right? Like, so like somebody has an account, they like, let's say they upload one file to test it out and then they forget about it. And then do you, so you, let's say you charge them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they cancel after you charge them. So that's one scenario. Then there's somebody who say you, you upload, they upload a file, they cancel before you charge them. They upload files, you charge them, the payment fails and you're never able to get it to successfully go through. They upload files, they up, they upgrade or you upgrade them and then they stay on the plan. Like, so there's a couple different scenarios there. This is all assuming that you have an automatic conversion. Um, I guess in the, the cases of somebody who cancels, I question whether you would, you should hold on to that because th- they may not want you to hold their data forever. Like, I feel like there should be an expiration date. Like, that's like, it will, you know, your account will be deleted within 60 days or like, cause that's a liability for you to be yeah. holding on to somebody else's data. Yeah, that's a good point. I think what I have now with Heroku is I have a two-week grace period. So if you sign up with Heroku, you upload some files, and then you change your mind or you don't like it or whatever, I delete all your stuff in two weeks. I'll send you an email and I'll be like, hey, I'm going to delete all your stuff in two weeks. I'll probably just do the same thing with this other with the other customers that don't come from Heroku, I guess. I mean, I need someone to sign up first, so I'm not too... I mean, I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. Like I can literally do it by hand at this point. Um, I can kind of see I think that's the tricky thing with billing, right? Is like all of those. Okay. So, you know, in your head you're thinking, okay, oh, somebody puts in their credit card and then they either use it or they don't. And when it comes down to it, there's like all of these other weird ways that things can happen. And it's like, well, what if the credit card fails? What if they cancel before the renewal date? What if they cancel after the renewal date? What if they forgotten about it? And then three months later, they ask for a refund. Or what if they like, you know, all of these like different things um, can happen. And while you're flow charting, it may just be 
like again you don't have to build for these things right now yeah but just so you're thinking through some potential avenues people could go down of like what like what are the different touch points of so it's like they create an account they add a credit card also things can go wrong at that stage like what if their credit card is invalid what happens then and then and like how do you do do you try to figure out if that credit card is good or not like like you can or you cannot like that that's an option and then they upload files and then what is their upload or cancellation flow look like like what are all of the possible options from there yeah yeah i um i will definitely keep all of that in mind but yeah first i got to get someone to sign up so we'll see <laughs> I have a lot of work. Like I've been doing a lot of work on the landing page. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Static sites are not my bread and butter. Like there's something about static sites. You're like, there's all this blank space and I have to fill it with words. Um, That has been. Do you mean like a static site in terms of like a new site or like. No, I just mean like the landing page. Like. like Okay, yeah, it's a Netlify. Yeah. It's 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 deployed with Netlify. Okay. Netlify. Um, but basically, like, uh, it's just a simplefileupload.com, which is like my landing page. Um, I also want to add like a documentation section, and I don't know. I mean, people. I think I don't know if it's too hard to use or if it's normal for thirty-five people to sign up and only six to use it in the Heroku app marketplace. But um, I wonder if it's just still confusing people. Like if I need to do more documentation, I basically, what I'm trying to figure out, what should I do next? Should I do more copy as terms of like why people need it? Should I do more documentation and focus? Since I'm clearly getting people from Heroku, should I really focus on um, the integration from the Heroku side? So you have 31 people who have signed up for it, right? And then you said you've had what what 10 or 12 who've gotten to the the sign in part of it yeah yes yes so you have about 20 people who have kind of dropped off in the early part of the process correct have you emailed them saying hey i noticed you you know indicated an interest in in using simple file upload but i noticed you haven't gone through with it can you tell me why so i don't have their email addresses Oh, because it's that two step process. So to configure or to provision it, it's provisioned on their team. But the way the Heroku, the way the um, the Heroku communication works, they don't give you any team identifying information about the team that provisions your add on, not until they go to single sign on. So what is the process like for the user when like, can you walk us through those steps of like they see you on the Heroku marketplace? Yes. So they see me on the marketplace. There's a a one click install button so they can do that or they can install from the command line. If they install from the command line, they will see basically what I do is I set my API key and their environment variables. So there's two ways. Let's say they they click the button because I think people like to click buttons, right? It's, It's fun and friendly. If they click the button, they and then they never go in through single sign-on, so they just click the button, they would then have to go into the Heroku config, get the environment variable, that is their API key, they would then have to go to the Heroku docs page and figure out how to install the add-on 
or to use it on their site with their API key in their application. One team has figured this out and has never single signed on, but they're uploading files. Um, what typically you would do as a Heroku user for something you really wanted, you would click the button to install it. And then you go to like your, your overview page for your application. And there's a little section under your resources tab that has all of your installed application or all of your installed add-ons. So that's like Postgres, Redis, whatever other kind of stuff you have, mine would be in that list. Then you have to click on simple file upload in in your resources tab. And that is your single sign-on. That takes you to my application. And if you do that in my application, I have your dashboard where you can see all the files you've uploaded and directions with your API key, like in the script. So you can literally just copy the script tag. You don't have to like put the API key in yourself. I imagine you're not the only person with an app on the Heroku Marketplace who has this problem of people clicking the button and then not actually fully completing the install process. So I'm curious, have you been able to like find anything from other Heroku Marketplace developers on how they handle this drop-off? So apparently you can add Google Analytics to your Elements page, your Heroku Marketplace page which I need to do and I haven't done yet. So I could at least see what kind of page views I'm getting. I don't know if you can do like a full sequence, you know, like, oh, they dropped off here. Um, I need like a little club with people who have add-ons. Why isn't there like a Heroku Marketplace club? Um, so I don't know. I need to reach out to the people I know and see if they do anything about this and if they see similar numbers. Because that just feels like a really low conversion number. I mean, just because it's not a low conversion number for like the random internet, but someone clearly clicked on a file upload, like, yes, I want file uploading. So why would they click on the, yes, I want file uploading button and then not install it? Because my initial thought is because they don't understand what it does. They don't understand how to install it. They hate JavaScript. I don't know. Um, like there could be many reasons, but there could also be people who are listening to the podcast who want to show support for you, but who don't necessarily need it. Like that, I, that could be a couple of people in there. I mean, we don't have that many podcast listeners. I don't dozens, <laughs> like the dozens of people who listen to. Them. I think, but I think those people, because I've actually talked to a few of those people who have reached out to me on Twitter. P.S. If you listen to this and you want to try it out, reach out to me. Um, those people are more motivated to install it. Like, like that one person who emailed me, who was like, Hey, I heard you on this other podcast and I wanted to, you know, check it out. And I was like, sweet. I think those people are more motivated to, to actually go through the entire install process because although we don't know each other in real life, like we internet know each other and, and you know, I would do that for someone else. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if people are confused. I, I feel like it's probably a problem with my documentation in that either they don't understand what they are getting or they find it too painful to install. I feel like maybe we should like workshop your landing page on the Heroku marketplace. Yeah. And kind of think through like, because it doesn't sound like you have a whole lot of control over what happens after they click that button and so 
you need to find a way to make it clear to them that's like, okay, here's what you have to do for the process and here's what you do next. And basically so that they know to go back there to find the instructions for getting started. Yes, I think that's a great idea. I tried and I've, I've been updating it just this week, like using some of the story brand stuff I've been thinking about. Um, like before I had a paragraph and now I have a list, you know, <laughs> to make it seem like even easier. Like here's the list of things you do. Man, I know. It's just I wish I could. You're right. I don't have control between when they click the button, like this install button to why they don't actually install it. Yeah, I would I would love to go over the the landing page with you. Yeah, we can totally do that. So I am now looking at your page on the Heroku Marketplace. Yes. Um, I see this button you have been talking about. Install. That's the one. Yay. <laughs> do that. Um, and the little flowchart you've made of how the process works. But I noticed that it's not until I scroll to the very bottom that I see the documentation links for it. And... I kind of, yeah, I kind of wonder if that should be somewhere near the top, at least, that's like, I mean, something that basically says, like, after you click to install this, like, here, here's the documentation, kind of making that, uh, it doesn't look like you can really make it above the fold, per se, but. Um, no, so I have control of that image, yeah. and that image I made with Snappa, um, I have control of all of the language right below that that image that says cloud storage, pleasing UI with built-in error handling, CDN direct uploads. Um, that's what I have control of. So I can put links. I could also put a link to my real website, simplefileupload.com in there. And if I put the documentation oh, yeah. there, maybe that would be more helpful. Get them off, like get them to a page that, you know, they're more comfortable with or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, do you have to have this region availability section too like do you have control over where this uh i do appears? i do not have control over that as far as i know i have to i have to have that gotcha okay so but does that have to be the first section yeah. below the copy i think so i'll double check but i think i think so okay yeah i mean maybe just you, you have a great um description here of like what the process is once they have installed it yeah. But less so what the process to install it is. And I feel like I have seen oh. other people with um, Heroku apps. Like, do, can you have multiple images in this hero? Yeah, I have that space. So I can do whatever I... Yes, I can okay. have multiple images. I can do whatever I want with that space. So maybe you could just have one that describes the process for, for getting started. Like, you know... You click the button or you use command line yes. and then you look at our documentation and then you, you know, the like, yes, like a very broad overview. Okay. I know exactly um, what you're saying. Cause, cause that's kind of what on the left here I said, um, I say, number one, install the add-on Two, create an input type of file. Three, add JavaScript snippet or react component. But maybe I should even break that down more and it'd be like one, click the button. <laughs> like two, Get your API or key. Even, even where you have it right now, just step one, install the add-on. I mean, that's multiple steps itself. Yeah. I, but I maybe even just having parentheses docs with a link would Yeah, help. that's a great idea. Yes, yes. 
Yes. And, you know, the cool thing, if they do install it from the command line, they can open their single sign-on from the command line. And that's not obvious to someone who doesn't do that. So even that would be helpful. Yeah. Now that I look at yeah. this again, I'm seeing ways, I'm seeing, I'm seeing ways to make it even easier to, to show people how to get started with it. Yeah. I mean, you've built things that you're basically not talking about. Yeah. Okay. I love that idea. I love that. Um, making, yeah, break it down even more. I'll link to the docs. I can link to my page once I get that up, like my landing page, which will also have documentation on it, but like, like click the button open single sign on this way, copy this JavaScript snippet. And I guess we we can throw a link to the um, page in the show notes. So if people want to take a look themselves and like maybe they have some thoughts on how to make it clear how people get started or if, if something seems unclear, maybe that would be helpful. Yeah, I would love that. I'm I'm open to all suggestions at this point, especially people who might go through this process who are like, wow, this is, this is unclear. Or I thought it did this thing, but it does this thing um, or something like that. Okay. That's a great idea. I love it. Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I kind of commandeered this week's episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, this is exciting stuff. <laughs> It is fun. This feels like a really fun time. Like, right. There's something about this period of time in building a company that I just think is really exciting. So someone mentioned to me, it was either on Twitter or Slack. I don't remember. Um, he started a few successful companies and you know, he, he was like, this is the most exciting time, like initial launch and getting people to use it. And like every customer is exciting. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly where I am. It's super fun. It's so exciting. All right. Well, I think on that note, we're going to end for today. And we love to um, hear your feedback on Colleen's landing page. Uh, you can tweet at us at Software SocialPod. And thanks so much again for nominating us for the MicroConf SAS Podcast Awards. It, it really means a lot to us. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality. Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Brightbits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Roomsteals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, 
Lynn Romick from Conbini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.